I will read from Colossians chapter 2, from verse 13. It reads this, And you, who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses, by cancelling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. You could keep your Bibles open. Um, I'm going to pray. Let's pray now. Almighty God, uh, who brings life into being, only you can open blind eyes and our deaf ears and cause us to have new life. And we pray you do that this evening. Amen. Amen. Um, You've been, uh, obviously, as I have, with bated breath, hanging over the news uh, headlines to see whether Sue Gray has finished her report um, and whether we finally get to find out what actually happened in 10 Downing Street over Christmas. Obviously, I can see a few blank faces, so I'm not assuming that everyone is that, all that bothered about it. Um, but we do know, don't we, that what, we'll, of course, will follow uh, from that is uh, not just the report, uh, but the report will trigger some legal proceedings that come from that. The two go together, don't they? Um, So uh, she will say what happened, and then the police will have to do something in terms of legal proceedings to, in response to what has happened. Um, So the two go together. Um, And whether you're a Hawkeye political news um, reader or not, um, this actually does give us quite a good framework for looking at this verse from the Bible uh, today. Um, So in a moment, I'm going to ask you to look down with me in verse 14. Uh, But what we see in verse 14 is exactly this kind of thing. Um, So we see a record and we see a verdict. Uh, It's a a different one. It's it's a very different one, uh, but it's still there. Um, So if you look down with me at verse 14, it says, um, cancelling the record of debt. So there's the record that stood against us with its legal demands. So it's the same thing, isn't it? That there's a record of what's gone on. And there's actually some kind of proceedings that need to happen as a result of that. Something needs to be done about it. Um, and in our regard, that's, that's not a great thing um, for us, not great news for us. Um, so in that verse, if you look, uh, keep that open and have that thought in mind. Um, and we're just going to be thinking about this first point for a moment, that sin, uh, which is that Bible word, isn't it? But it's going against God, doing the wrong thing, and um, doing what he expressly tells us not to do and not living for him, actually has a debt. It's there in that verse, isn't it? The record of debt that stood against us. So our first point then, sin has a debt that must be paid. Um, don't know if you've ever had that debt um, there's just sort of lingering in the background and you're like, ah, oh, you know, I know I've got to pay it off, I know I've got to pay it off, but it's just, I've never got around to doing it. Um, well, we might be keen to see what the Sue Gray report finds, uh, but my guess is, my, my guess is, if that report was about us, we wouldn't be so keen. Um, and I'm not just talking about COVID regulations here, though. I'll put my hands up and say I've flouted a few of those. I shouldn't have done. This record is actually how we have lived in relation to God and his holy law. And I'm sure none of us here, honestly, none of us here would want that report published. It's not the kind of thing that would have pride and place in my wall, you know, framed up there you know this is my record of debt for sin no it'd be stuffed down the back of the sofa wouldn't it 
a lot of stuff is stuffed down the back of my sofa. I've, I've got kids and literally when we cleaned it out, it's like, what? You could, you could run a toy shop from the back of our sofa. Um, but just like the overdue bill, it's not good, is it? The worst thing you can do is pretend it's not there. That is probably the number one advice that they give you when you're in debt, is don't ignore it. It's the worst thing you can do. And God's holy law is like that. It demands that the debt for breaking its law is paid. Someone's got to pay it. What's the amount? Uh, or to put it another way, what's it going to cost uh, for, dis- for us disobeying God? Well, Romans 6.23 is clear. It says the wages of sin is death. It's a high price. We're going to see the second half of that verse in, in a little while. Um, and, and you'll be pleased to hear it doesn't just finish there. But that's why at the start of our reading, if you look down with me at verse 13, it says, Paul can collapse the expression to say that, and you, I'll put it up on the screen, were dead in your trespasses. Same word, sins. So he can collapse it to describe the people he's talking to. It's challenging language, isn't it? You're dead in your sins. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm on good advice uh, that Nina's best film when she was younger was Princess Bride. Has anyone seen that film? Yeah. Okay, I'll give two points to the person who can tell me who this is, because it doesn't look like him at all. Come on, anyone? Miracle Max. Miracle Max, yes, but who, which actor? Billy Crystal. No? Yeah, it doesn't look like him at all, does it? Um, this, is the, this is the Miracle Max guy that they go to with one of the lead characters. He's there on the left-hand side, and he's, he's, been, he's been killed, and... The guy says these words. He says, your friend here is only mostly dead. He's like a guy who can go up with this like, pill to give the guy. And he says, don't worry, your friend is only mostly dead. Mostly dead is slightly alive. Well, the reason we're laughing, isn't it? Because we know that you're either dead or you're either alive. It's quite on or off. It's binary, isn't it? One, zero. You're either dead or you're either alive. You can't be mostly dead. And that's what the language that's being used here of us when we're in our sin. It's, um, it's a really good description because actually it speaks of our utter inability to improve our state. Dead people don't do much. They don't do anything. And it's our utter inability to improve our state before God. We can't do anything about it. And uh, just lastly, it's not just death we've got to be worried about. We are worried about death, aren't we? Everyone's been thinking about it over this last year. But it's what comes after death that we should be worried about. Um, If God is an eternal God, we will be separated from him in eternity, and that will be awful. Everything that's good in this world will be separated from from that. So sin comes with a debt that must be paid. And now that we've heard something about the dreadful situation we're in, we'll be ready to hear about what Jesus has done. So our first point, sin is a debt that must be paid. Our second point is, sin is a debt that Jesus paid. Let's look down with us in our Bibles. Um, If you look with me together at uh, verse 14, I'll read just the first few verses, uh, first few uh, words before it. It says this, Having forgiven us all our trespasses by cancelling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, this he set aside, nailing it, to the cross 
I'll read that again. Having forgiven us all our trespasses by cancelling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Imagine for a moment how you'd feel if you had that massive debt hanging over you and you had all of the papers, all the reminders, and then suddenly the letter comes through and it says cleared. All of that debit or, 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 can't, or, or that, credit, that um, debt is cleared. Imagine how you'd feel. Well, you open up a letter and see those words in bold. And actually, that's what it's talking about here. It says cancelled, obliterated. It's gone. No longer exists. The slate has been wiped clean. You'd be overjoyed, wouldn't you? You might ask a few questions. You might be like, how could this be possible? Uh, you might even ask, is this fair? I mean, if the report on, on Downing Street tells us anything, it's that we have a keen sense of justice. We don't want people uh, to just sweep things under the carpet and to get away with things. Is that what's going on here? Is it just a cancelled debt that just gets forgotten about? Is that a cover-up? Well, no, because the debt is paid in full. Jesus has paid the debt for sin. Sin has a debt that Jesus paid. Jesus died. He died precisely because he was paying the debt for us, dying in our place. And if Jesus were just a man, well, that would be a terrible injustice, wouldn't it? A horrible mix-up. They've got the wrong man. But he wasn't just a man. If you look down with me at verse 9, and just before the passage we just read, it says, For in him, Jesus, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. Jesus is fully God in the flesh. And so being both the judge of all and the one whom sin was ultimately against, Jesus has the right to decide what happens with the penalty for it, doesn't he? He has the right to decide that. I was thinking about this. We've got no real reference for it. I've seen in the news that um, there's people who go and forgive their son's killers, for example, and you see them standing before the perpetrators and saying, I forgive you in the court of law. But at no point I've seen someone say, and I'll serve time for you. Mm. We see half of it, don't we? We see the forgiveness and we think, wow, that's beautiful. How can they possibly do that? But at no point do they step in and they say, I'll be put in prison for you. I'll serve your debt. I'll pay your price. But that's exactly what Jesus did. He steps into those who had aggrieved him and he says, I will pay the penalty for you. That's absolute grace, isn't it? That's astounding forgiveness. Baffling mercy. I don't challenge you, I don't think you've seen anything like it. Um, the last thing then, um, and this is where we're getting to with our service today. Um, I'll put that up on the screen. Made alive together with him. And we're looking at verse 13 in this one. Uh, so if you want to, we'll read the first part of that um, verse again. And you, you who are dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh... God made alive together with him. Uh, and if we, the second half of that verse in uh, Romans, sorry, is that um, the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. What does it take to take a lifeless crucified body and make it alive? Any, any, any suggestions? It takes nothing but the power of the one who brought life into being. The power of God. 
And so what would it take for spiritually lifeless people like us, people who are dead in our sins, to be raised to life, to know God, to see and to savour and to speak of him? Nothing less than the one who brings life into being. Quite simply, unless God brings things back to life, it ain't going to happen. And yet that is exactly what he did with Jesus. He raised Jesus from the dead. People saw it. They could prove it. They writ about it. They died for it, for that truth. And yet that is exactly the way that Christians are raised to life, to know God. That's what it says, isn't it? And you, you who are dead in your sins, God made alive together with him. So as Jesus was raised from the dead, Christians have been raised to faith, uh, to believe the good news of that. Um, And the very final thing I thought we could do, uh, just before we finish, um, is to see what this new life of Jesus holds. Because if you you want to see what it looks like, well, let's have a a look, shall we? Uh, We've heard a bit of it from Nina already. Um, It will help us to see what Nina enjoys about knowing Jesus, and it will help us to see what it would look like if we were to be given this new life too. Um, So have a look uh, down with me. Um, Three things are up on the screen actually. Forgiven in chapter two, free. And the last thing is changed um, in chapter three. I'm just going to do an overview here because we're halfway through the letter and we're going to be looking at these things in a bit more detail in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, But forgiven. As I said, the joy of knowing sins forgiven. Knowing that you don't have that debt hanging over you. Jesus has paid it all. Can you imagine what that would be like? And secondly, wonderfully free. I won't spend as much time on this um, as it's what we're looking at next week and we, what we looked at last week. But um, the new life you have in Christ, Nina, is to be marked by freedom. That is, you don't need to return back to the fetters of religious activity and duty or even bonds of social approval. You just don't need that anymore. What Jesus says about you is wonderfully true. You're free. The wisdom of the world or even the lies in the church sometimes may come from impressive looking people or intelligent sounding people, not like me. Uh, But simply put, you don't need what they're claiming to offer because you've got Jesus' words and you have already everything you need in him. If you let his words ring in your ears and continue to ring in your ears, be sure not to let the words of others drown him out. You're free. Free to serve him. Free to have him as your Lord. To listen to him and to learn from him. Uh, But wonderfully changed as well. Your life, your new life in Christ is wonderfully changed. And that's the theme of chapter three. Um, If you look down with me on the words, uh, the first sentence in in chapter three, it says, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things on the earth. In verse 5, put to death, therefore, what is earthly, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, and all of these things. On verse 12, put on then as God's chosen chosen ones, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against you, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. So the new life you have in Christ is wonderfully changed going to look different and maybe you've already seen that about Nina maybe you've been looking and watching and seeing 
you can't seem to put your finger on it, actually. It doesn't seem to be the behaviour you'd expect from someone trying to earn their place in heaven. Holding on to it. Trying to grab hold of it themselves. It seems to be the response of someone who knows they've been forgiven. And the most noticeable of these changes, as we see in this chapter, is how she treats other people when they wrong her. And one of the things that's been really remarkable to see is how Nina's approached the the relationship with her dad, which was just not really there before. The desire to want to go to him and to, to have some kind of relationship going forward, however hard that was going to be. And forgiveness is one of the things that will mark this new life. It's the result of it. Those who have been forgiven will want to extend that to other people. Um, so, so what should we do with this tonight? What are you, what are you going to um, do in response to this? Uh, well, can I suggest a few things? Um, if you're hearing this for the first time, don't do what I would have done with those debts and shove it down the back of the sofa. Because if it's worth thinking about, think about it. Deal with it. Look, look at what Jesus' offer is. Look at what Jesus, is, Jesus has done for you. And um, I know that this flares up my pride because I want to be the one to pay the way. But this is a debt I really can't afford to pay. And I don't think you can either. Um, so maybe that's a suggestion for what you could do is just um, to respond to the offer that Jesus uh, gives. He has paid the, the way for you. Uh, receive it with open arms. Um, maybe, as I've been describing it, um, these truths are things that you know and you'd say that you hold and yet there's no real sign of enjoying the joy of forgiveness in your life. You don't really feel it. And actually you're pretty unforgiving to other people and you find it hard to forgive. Well, it might be that you've yet to receive this new life for yourself. You know about it, but you've yet to respond to it yourself. If what you have heard this evening has challenged you, don't assume it's other people who need to hear it and respond to it. You need it. You need Jesus too. And maybe you're a believer um, and you're someone who has responded to Jesus as Lord. This is the letter for you. (laughs) Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. To be rooted, to be built up, established in Jesus means to have him lead and teach you and reprove you through his word, to keep listening to him. That's the wonderful joy of being a Christian, is to be able to keep listening uh, to Jesus and to have his words um, as the authority um, in our lives. And so can I encourage you uh, to continue to do that? Um, And that's what we do together as a church. We get together, we spend time in God's word, and we we hear what Jesus is saying to us uh, through his word. Uh, Let me pray for us now. Let's pray. Father God, the, uh, the record of our sin is not something that we would have um, cont- at the end of our fingers. Uh, we wouldn't have track of. And yet we know that there is a record, that there is lots of things that we have said, thought, done, not done. And, things, and we've been living in a, a life that's independent of you and not giving you the glory that you deserve. Uh, But thank you so much that Jesus has paid that ultimate price, that he laid down his life 
for sins, for sinners like us. Please, would you humble us, help us to, 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 to receive that from you as a free gift. And not to proudly think that we can pay our way. Uh, we pray for Nina today. We thank you so much for what you've been showing her of your love for her. And we pray that she would continue to delight in the truth that she is forgiven. She's got a wonderfully new life that is free and is changing and changed. We thank you for that. And we praise you for all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.